You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask, back again. Uh, I'm Kyle Hattie, alongside Ryan Jacob Cam, as usual. Uh, it's pretty big. It's a pretty big day for hockey. We got a lot to talk about in the, in the college world. We got a lot to talk about in the pro world because today is the day the NHL returns. Uh, today is Wednesday, January thirteenth. And yeah, how are we feeling, gentlemen? Good day outside. I'm feeling great. I I was at work, kind of cooped up most of the day. I didn't even know the sun was out till I got out, and it was just it was just beaming on me. I was happy. The NHL is back today. Uh, once this pod comes out, we're already going to have some games finished and probably some more going. So it's it's a good time of the year. I kind of I kind of like that college football ended, and now we have the NHL coming in. I kind of enjoy it. Maybe hopefully just for this one year we get it, but it's not that bad. Yeah, I'm doing fantastic right now. Uh, NHL starts today. Today marks the beginning of many and many of 10:30 puck drops for the Blues this year. So we get ready for that, but. I'm excited all in all, so. Yeah, I mean, it's a great day for hockey. It's a great day to be a hockey fan. You got a couple of great games on tonight. We're trying to – we're keeping our eyes open for the Flyers-Penguins uh, matchup, you know, the sister – or the the city of brotherly love, you know, against Steel City should be a pretty good matchup. I'm uh, I'm uh, wearing my uh, Dallas Stars jersey right now, but we're not going to be playing for the foreseeable future until we figure out what's going on with them, so – my my team's out of it, so I'll I'll have to pick up another team for the next week. You're welcome to come to the Blues. Just saying, for now. Never. You are. And speaking of pro teams, that we can relate back to the Big Ten. Um, for anyone that hasn't heard, uh, the Detroit Red Wings named Dylan Larkin as their captain. Larkin is the first Michigander that's ever been named captain of the Red Wings. It's pretty big. Uh, big. Uh, big news there. Uh, also a Big Ten veteran uh, alumni. Alumni. I'm going to go with veteran alumni there. Yeah, Big Ten alumni. Larkin, of course, went to Michigan. Now he's the captain of the Red Wings. Uh, Mark Stone is named the captain of the Golden Knights as well, for no one else that heard. Uh, and speaking of Michigan, we're just going to jump right into it because we have a couple ranked teams to look at in this week's poll. Minnesota sat at one despite losing a game last week, which we'll get into later. Uh, Michigan is ranked ninth, Wisconsin's 12th, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan State all receive votes. Uh, and speaking of Michigan, that is the team the Spartans came off playing this past weekend. So let's just drop right into the recap. So uh, game one was played in Ann Arbor on Friday night. Uh, Michigan won one, uh, nine nothing in Ann Arbor. Score is pretty indicative of how the game went. Nothing really went Michigan State's way. Everything really went Michigan's way. Uh, just a nightmare all around uh, forwards defense and that we saw Pierce Charleston come in for Drew Ritter after I think it was four nothing. Am I right about that? Three. Three, three yeah. nothing. I think, yeah, just three yeah, nothing. Yeah, Michigan won in shots 44 to 21. Uh, and we saw a couple new faces and then, so I'm not sure what, uh, what you could take away from what did we see in game one. Game one, I had the privilege of covering that. So uh, actually, I really should take back that privilege. But um, I didn't see much from MSU. I saw a lot from U of M. I, I swear, this is just a little speculation, but I think Michigan took Team USA from the World Juniors, disguised them in their jerseys, and just put them on the ice. I, I swear, it's, it just looked like a completely different Michigan team. They were going absolutely berserk, and it was just... Not a fun game to watch from an MSU fan standpoint. Yeah, just 
complete top to bottom of the entire game was just 100% domination by Michigan. There's nothing really you can say positive about the Spartans' performance that night. It's just, yeah, for the entire 60 minutes, just nothing but just completely beat down from the Wolverines. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that you can look at is, you know, Charleston gets his first game as a Spartan. Um, came in for DeRitter after uh, DeRitter let in, I think it was three goals on six shots. Three goals on nine shots. Yeah, it was six saves. That's my bad. Um, you know, he comes in, he stops a little over, like if I do quick math here, a little bit over, uh, a little bit under 30, if I can figure that out correctly. Still lets in a couple of more, but I mean, what can you really expect? You're just drawing him to the fire. So if, if, if you could take anything from game one, it would be getting your backup in. Uh, one thing about Charleston, because I was watching it closely, unfortunately, he he got thrown into a terrible situation. He played about 50 minutes, and he started the game when he was down, uh, or MSU was down 3-0. So other than that, he looked really poised, and it was his first start. So he he did make a lot of good saves. He made one where he was coming from the left side to the right, got the got the glove down, and you know, stole a goal. But other than that, he did let one eke in. But it was it was a good performance from him. He was just put in a terrible, terrible situation. Yeah, and before we get into game two, I want to actually touch on something. So right now, Michigan, as we said, uh, sits ninth in the poll. They're sitting at a six and six record. But given the eye test of how good they looked against basically every team they played this year, do you think it's fair to put them at nine with them being at six and six? Who wants to go for? It? I guess I guess I'll take this first. Uh, I'd say it is fair, just because we've seen their we've seen their top production. We've seen how good they can be. Obviously, coming off a nine zero win, so we've seen their ceiling. And I I would say at their ceiling and a little bit under their ceiling, they deserve that rank. But then again, the second game, which we're going to get into, it doesn't really look like they deserve that. But I'd, the second game, like I said, we'll get into it. It was a completely different look on both teams, but I'd say they do deserve that rank. I would say yes and no. Um, I'm I'm looking at it now, you know, looking at the polling, and I would say I might bump it down like a spot or two. Like I put in maybe like 11th, I think is a fair ranking. Because their their record is not fantastic, but the the quality of competition they played, I think offsets that a lot. So I would probably bump it down like a spot or two, but like keep in mind, Big Ten is an, ex, an extremely deep conference for hockey. So, so a lot of those laws are going to have to take with a different weight uh, than you would against like a, a smaller school. I mean, when you look at it, they do pass the eye test. Um, I personally would have bumped them down at least one rank, um, put them in at tenth. Um, after uh, their game two performance, uh, which we'll get into in a second, but I mean, you look at their you look at the record before coming into the series. You're sitting five and five. They get swept against Minnesota at home, and you know you. you I'm just looking at it, and they they've shown offensive production, but in games where they leak more than two goals, more often than not, they lose. I mean, they gave up seven goals in a series to Minnesota. They beat Penn State in um, their first meeting and then lost their second game nine to five to nine. They gave up nine goals. Um, they, they beat Wisconsin 
early in the season, but it took an overtime victory in that second game. And then they lost to Notre Dame at Yost. To me, they just lack consistency. And if, if that's, if, if you're Michigan right now, that's the one thing you're really looking forward to getting against Ohio state, which we'll prove, which we'll talk about later. But if they're going to at least make a run, if they and have people actually try to compare them to these top teams like Minnesota, like North Dakota, UMass, all of those teams, they have to be consistent. Right now, they're not. I agree. I, I, I like what Ryan said. I, when they're at their best, they do deserve that ranking. But I think overall, as a complete resume, I don't think they do. Because yeah, you, like you said, there's some there's some not great wins and, and some not and some bad losses in there. But we'll see. Um, a lot of season left. But yeah, uh, game two, uh, uh, both teams go back to East Lansing the, the following day. The first game wasn't competitive, and the second one went down to the wire. Uh, Michigan State wins three to two in East Lansing. Uh, Michigan took the lead with just over four minutes to go in the third after after being 1-1, I think, after the first and a scoreless second. And then Michigan State scores uh, twice in the final three minutes to win the game. The first coming from Cole Krieger, the second one coming from Josh Nodler, who gets his first of the year uh, with 37 seconds to go. Michigan State would hold on to win. So Michigan State got outscored 11-3, uh, to and they still took away half the points. So in that kind of perspective, you can't be that upset if you're Denton Cole. And if you're Mel Pearson, the Wolverines, you kind of feel robbed because, yeah. Uh, so what do we see in game two, boys? Game two, completely, two completely different teams. I, I don't really know how that happens. If, if you watch college hockey and you bet on college hockey and you have made money, you are a crazy man. Because there's one thing which is betting on the NHL. That's hard to do. But betting on college hockey, I – you can't predict what happens in these games. A 9-0 game, flip-flop a day, then it goes to 3-2. to two. I, I don't understand really how it works. It was, like I said, two completely different looking teams. But one thing that I do want to point out and give props to MSU is, of course, they did win the game, but their third period. Their third period, they were, they were down. They weren't getting shots. Michigan was controlling the puck very, very well. And when, um, I think it was Brendan Brisson scored the, the go-ahead goal for U of M, I, I was thinking like this is it for Michigan State. I I don't see them coming back. They've only got a couple shots in the whole entire period, and then right before my eyes, they tie the game and then they win it. And I'm just sitting there with my mouth hanging open, like wow, that was that was a game. So, uh, props to MSU in that third period. And I don't really know what happened to Michigan in the second game, but it was a lot more fun to watch in the first game. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, see one thing. Oh, my bad. Go ahead, Jacob. Okay. Um, see, what I was predicting uh, last week on the pod, I predicted a split in this series. And the thing is, I thought both games were going to come down to the wire, just like the one we saw in game two. And then after game one, after the 9 nothing blowout, I thought, you know, that might not have been a great pick. Probably should have been Michigan for the sweep. But um, then MSU came out and just, yeah, was a completely different team. And I think played up to the level at least that we know that they can play to, and uh, by competing at that higher level with the, such higher quality of team. And yeah, it was just it was a completely different team. That's all I can say. It's just a night and day difference from game one to game two. 
No, I agree. Uh, and I think I think game two actually has to go to Drew Ritter because I was looking at the shot charts they pass out at games, and every single Michigan shot, I believe, I didn't see the third period shot chart, but I know, I know the first 40 minutes, every shot Michigan took uh, came below the top of the circles in between the faceoff dots on Drew Ritter. And honestly, the quality shots Michigan was taking, Michigan held it in the, held it in the zone for Michigan State's uh, zone for probably over a minute and a half a couple times that game. I don't know. I don't have the exact number. But if only when Michigan had the puck in the Spartan zone, they really had possession. Michigan's had a tough time getting it out. And Michigan was able to move the puck around and get good looks. But, uh, but the Raiders st- uh, stood tall. And I think that second game has to go to him. And Strauss, man, who I thought was going to be a lot better coming into this year after its hot, uh, hot end to the year last year, just something happened to him. He's, he's not the same goaltender he was. Um, Grand Michigan State earned all three of their goals. But Strauss, man, he just, he just kind of looked lost in all three. Like especially especially the Krieger goal, it it was a it was a snapshot from the top of the circle on like a long rebound, and I think just as a goal in that in that spot, you have to have that. But I'm not the goalie here. There's a couple of people who are. Am I wrong? Uh, should shouldn't uh, should, you think goalie should have had uh, the second and third goals? The the second one, um, it was a it was a rebound or it was a pass from below the net. I'm pretty sure where. The pass was supposed to go to a guy right by the front of the net. I'm pretty sure that guy was uh, stick-checked and the puck went right through his legs or something like that. Ended up going to, was it Cole Krieger who got the goal? Cole Krieger. Yeah, so it it was kind of like nobody saw it coming. Cole Krieger, right place, right time, nailed it home. So that I don't really think was on the goalie. I think there was a little screen on him as well. And then the the uh, game-winning goal for MSU, there was, there was like three too many passes. They could have taken the shot left, right, and center. But uh, Josh Nalder was able to bury it in. That I, I can't really put that on the goalie there. There were just too many opportunities to take a shot, and the one that did end up being shot did go in. So I can't really put that on man there. But he has looked different from last year for sure. All right. So I'm yeah, not and I would say, I don't know. It just seems like, um, yeah, like, how would I put How would I phrase there, there are goals that I think he could have had, but like you shouldn't expect him to make those saves. Like tough shots, but it's not entirely impossible for him to stop either at the same time. So yeah, I think I, 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 I get what you're saying. How usually how do you think he would have saved him last year, not this year? Um, I agree with you, Hattie. It kind of looks like uh, Strauss Mann's having a sophomore slump, even though it's his junior season. Um, hopefully he'll be able to figure that out. He'll look at the tape. He'll look at the videos, and um, he'll he'll see what happened. Uh, that third shot, uh, the game-winning goal for Nadler, he did get a piece of it, and it just squeaked by him. Um, so that was kind of some tough puck lock there. But for me, the one thing I'm taking from uh, game – or two things I'm taking from game two, number one is the, the, the effort – and the cohesiveness of this team. You see, game one, it looked like that team, um, it looked like MSU was just very lost. They didn't really have a clear leader. And their leader actually came back in game two with uh, Tommy Apap coming back into the lineup. And there was a noticeable change in the emotion of the team. You, you could hear it off the opening faceoff where there was jeering from the Michigan State bench after they won that opening faceoff. The team was focused. They were ready. They looked like they they had their leader back and it really it it really showed and the second thing that um i would like to point out 
is Cole Krieger's goal. It's the, the second goal, the game time goal. Defenseman scoring. I talked about it at the beginning of the year with with the Spartans basically losing a lot of firepower, you're going you're to have to rely on a lot of these alternate sources. And to me, after watching a lot of NHL, a little bit of college hockey last year as a spectator, it's going to come off the rush and it's going to be that fourth guy in, which is going to be one of your defensemen. You come in off the rush, that defenseman's going to be there if you get a three on two, maybe even a four on two. And if you can develop three to a four on two, you're more likely to score. But it's, it's going to come down to is MSU going to be able to get more point production from their defensemen? Um, recently, Sasana has gotten back into his scoring ability. He's got a couple of helpers, and I think – actually, yeah, he's got a couple of helpers in the past, um, I think, six games to get his points – his uh, point accumulation back on track to where it was last year. So look for defenseman scoring. That's what I would take away from that. I agree completely. I think with uh, Neen House, I, I, I believe didn't play Saturday. And then you have Gallagher and uh, Powell Connor. Both, all, all three of them have shown some kind of uh, offensive prowess. And I think uh, Cam's right. Uh, this, this second half of the season, they're going to pick it up and trust themselves more. So, yeah, that's the Michigan series. Michigan State gets outscored 11 to 3, yet they still pull away with three points. And they sit at uh, 5 5 and 2 now. Uh, and last week's episode, we reviewed Penn State, and now we're previewing, uh, previewing them once again. Uh, this time, Michigan State heads off to Happy Valley to play Penn State after both teams split the series here two weeks ago. Uh, back, actually, I believe it was only, yeah, it was, t- uh, it was 10 days ago. So, short turnaround, play them again. Uh, not much has changed. Uh, one nothing Penn State win after the... Fan, uh, after Michigan State fans on a pass on a D-to-D. And then second game, Michigan State scored five for the first time all season. Offensive explosion, a lot of guys get a first goal. And basically, all, all that's happened between the last time these, uh, those two teams played and this time uh, is Penn State split the Ohio State uh, 3-6 to uh, loss and a 5-2 to win. Uh, obviously, you have to watch uh, Alex Limoges for Penn State, but Kevin Wall was a forward for Penn State that's doing quite well as well. Uh, he has 10 points in 10 games, and I'm not sure there's much different than last time. Uh, based on what we saw last time, it just depends what goal Penn State puts in that. What do you guys think? Um, like you said, pretty much same as last time. If if there's any difference, it's uh, Michigan State having Tommy Apap return. I'm pretty sure he got injured game one in that Penn State series. Am I right? Okay. Yeah. So two games of Tommy Apap is really the only difference. And I guess you could say confidence for beating U of M in the second game. But other than that, it's, you know, series was finished 10 days ago. It's going to be going to be a redo pretty much. Let's see what happens. Uh, it, just, it is worth noting that in game two of that series, uh, Tommy Apap, I did see him walk around the Mun concourse with a walking boot on, but he obviously he was good to go. Yeah. Uh, as far as a series goes, there's not really – that, yeah, there's not much new to analyze on how things have gone. And, yeah, I think really this whole series is going to come down to the goaltending battle because we, we saw how uh, audio played in that first game, uh, getting the shutout against MSU, and then they put in the backup for some reason, and things obviously ended very differently. So I think that's just going to be where this series kind of lies. It's only, nothing really new from what we already seen. So – yeah, I mean, the main difference will be the goaltending battle. And upon review, last week when Penn State played Ohio State, they they kept audio in, Oscar audio in for both games. 
which I think is either the first or second time they've done so all year. They'll usually play uh, Soulier in. Um, they'll at least give him one game to give Audio a rest, but that that would be the main thing to look forward to. Um, he looked very well um, in the first game against Michigan State. Um, stop. It was his, I think, first college shutout. Um, I could be wrong. Um, I know it was his first shutout of the year, but he looked very good. Of course, MSU really couldn't tickle the twine. They couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. But game two, they put in Soulier, and he gave up five, and it seems like both, uh, Penn, both Penn State goalies are just leaking goals at this point. So to me, I believe that they have a, their best chance of winning would be with Audio, but I would not be surprised to see them either split both of them or give Soulier game one, and if he does well, they'll give him the, the cap in game two. So, yeah, nothing's changed. Uh, so now we just jump into the blank wins if segment. So, first off, Penn State will win if. They will win if they score first. Uh, they're 3-1 and one coming off scoring first. Their only loss is coming against a good team in Wisconsin where they lost 6-3. Uh, and I'd say whoever whoever gets a jump in the series, especially if Penn State gets it, it will go a long way. And uh, that's that's what I think will happen. So Penn State scores first. I'd say they pull a couple wins. We'll see. I'm just going to harp on literally what we just talked about. But it's really all just dependent. Penn State wins if they can get some good goaltending. They've had a lot of consistency issues with that. Um, like we've seen, the loss to Michigan State, their first loss to Ohio State. They let up five and six goals in each of those games, respectively. If and then in their wins, most with like a couple exceptions, they're only they're only letting up like two goals max. Uh, so I think just they can get some solid defense and a good goaltending play. They should really not have a problem uh, winning against Michigan State this weekend. Yeah, I mean. You could talk about goaltending. You could talk about scoring first. For me, it's bas- it's going to be pretty much what my, the main thing most coaches harp on. That's going to be controlling the neutral zone. Um, we saw in the first time that these two teams met, there were a lot of stretch passes, a lot of home run passes from uh, basically D-men def- on their own face-off dots all the way up into the middle of the ice. And they resulted in a lot of turnovers. Um, if you bet the over on turnovers, you were pretty much set. Um, but to me, whoever controls the neutral zone is going to pretty much win this series. Um, Penn State needs to control the neutral zone if they want to win just because um, the Spartans have shown that they have been able to take um, control under pressure. Um, they've been outshot badly the, the past couple of weeks. It's not even – funny how bad it is but they've been able to have this bend but don't break mentality unless you just decide to jump ship and let in nine against Michigan um if you're able to control the Spartan Spartan breakouts you're going to find yourself in really good um counter opportunities as well as breaking down their defensive structure in the neutral zone to get in and be able to have some offensive zone time. That's where teams have found really good success is whenever they can break down the Spartan, a Spartan forecheck or, and the Spartan, the, uh, their defense in the neutral zone and get into the, uh, the offensive zone against the Spartans and develop time. And that's where teams have found a great amount of success. 
and that's where the Spartans have really learned a lot of goals. I like it. Um, I think I'm going to go with Penn State will win if they capitalize on the power play. I think the, I think these teams are going to take about probably five or six penalties a night, and I think if Penn State capitalizes on one of them each night, they'll win. They'll, I think they'll take it. Um, I'm blanking here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with my Michigan State will win if they keep Penn State to 30 shots a night or under. I think the Raiders are strong enough right now, and I think those uh, we saw how they played before. If you can keep the Raiders, uh, if you can keep the Raiders to see thirty shots or less, I think Michigan State has a really good chance in this series. Uh, MSU will win the series if I'd say this is this is a little wonky one, but I just I was just kind of thinking of it, so I wanted to go ahead and say it. Michigan State will win if a forward and a defender scores. Um, I actually went ahead and did the research for no real reason, but Michigan State went a forward and a defender scores are two and one. Wow. Look at those stats, guys. Sorry, I, I did the research, so I had to say it. You know, I spent time on it. But Advanced analytics right there. Advanced analytics. <laughs> Deep diving analytics on the Behind the Mask podcast for you guys. We, we do all the work for you. But um, I'd say, yeah, Michigan State wins if they have forward and a defenseman score. I talk about depth all the time in this podcast, and once you get the depth going – Wins just come in, so if that happens, they will win. I say Michigan State will win if Hattie talked about uh, limiting the shots on Twitter. I'm saying Michigan State will win if they can put up at least 30 shots on Penn State because we've seen how Penn State is on defense. They do let a lot of pucks get to their goalie. So I think the key is just trying to pepper – Audio or Suliera, whoever's in that for Penn State, just try and pepper them with as many shots as possible because um, we know how Michigan State is on the defensive end. So if they can just be aggressive and put enough pucks on net, I see definite wins with Spartans. Yeah, I think uh, both Hattie and Jacob have um, a little bit too unrealistic expectations. Uh, given the recent, you know, stat lines the Spartans have, uh, they really they haven't kept anybody under 40 shots. I think in five out of the past six games, it could be in all six of those games, I believe. Um, and they haven't really given, <laughs> they haven't gotten more than 30 shots on net in I think the past. I know at least the past four games, uh, they've been stuck around. I think the past four games, it's 22 per game. Um, they still, their average still, I think is 28 and that's because the beginning of the year saved them, but MS enough of my analytic talk. Uh, the Spartans are going to win if they score first. Um, I correctly predicted last week that whoever scored first between the Spartans and the Wolverines would have won that game and it happened in both games. So I'm going to kind of stick with it. Um, I think from an energy standpoint, um, the Spartans are much better when they score in the first period as well. So if they could score one goal in the first, that would do very well for them. It also gives their defense, their young defensemen a lot of confidence to where if they make a mistake and the other team capitalizes like what happened the first time they played the Nittany, Nittany Lions, it gives them a lot more confidence playing with the lead. And that's what you really want for your young guys, especially these guys that really want to be able to make plays and get their, get their mitts on the puck. So. All right. Now it's time to see how confident we really are in our, in our hockey knowledge uh, as we move to the pick'em, where Jacob is still dominating. 
Uh, Jacob says there were 12 points. Uh, Cam and I sit at eight, and Ryan says there were five. So. Rough. It's rough. Yeah. Nothing else you can really say. Ryan's having a rough go of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He's, he, has, he has a lot of time left at MSU. He can make it better. Uh, but let's just jump right into it for the week of January 14th to the 20th. Uh, so first up, Michigan State uh, travels to Happy Valley to take on Penn State. Uh, I have a split, like Jacob said last week. Don't overthink it. These are two teams that match each other up well. They, uh, each team takes one. I also have a split. You know, nothing really to add about that. But, yep, just a split. Yeah, I also have a split. Um, Cam said specifically like, during the blank wins if section, uh, that he thought that I had a little too high of expectations for Michigan State on the uh, blank wins if. And I kind of agree. It's kind of a lofty goal to ask him. I think, you know, we don't exactly hit that mark uh, with the shots on goal, but I think these teams are meshed up well enough to where they each get one on each other. I am the lone wolf on this series pick Um I have Michigan State in a, a, in a uh, sweep. Um, I believe you take in uh, the energy and the confidence that you got from a gritty, and I mean gritty with as much dirt in your teeth as possible after pulling out that 3-2 win against Michigan. And if you're Dan Cole, you're going to want all six of these points if you want to make a splash in the Big Ten tournament and avoid having to play either a Michigan or a Minnesota. Yep. Easy enough. Cam going bold, trying to take the advantage over me. Not going to happen. Uh, but we move on to uh, – uh, so, yeah, uh, so Michigan State, Penn State is a land grant. And then, of course, next up we have another rivalry. Ohio State plays Michigan in Ann Arbor. Uh, I have Michigan because I think they're mad that they outscored Michigan State 11-3. to I think they're often showed prowess. I think they're still clicking. I think Strauss Mann will figure it out. And I have Michigan in a sweep. I got Michigan in a sweep as well. I, I just I need to get some points somehow, you know. I'm I'm last, and this seems like the obvious thing that will happen. I'm jinxing it just by saying it, but Michigan is hopefully going to get the sweep here. I am going out on a limb here, and I'm the only I'm taking a split. Uh, this is not football. Uh, I don't see Michigan beating Ohio State two times in a row. Um, I've, I've got one each going on each other, uh, kind of a gut feeling, but I think the teams match up more than the, the, uh, the rankings themselves and the polls would show. I think there's some similarities to Michigan state and Ohio state in terms of how they are defensively. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be kind of similar to what we saw this weekend between Michigan and Michigan state. All right. Uh, next up Notre Dame versus number one, Minnesota. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy there, bud. I'm sorry. I'll make it quick. Long, long story short, Michigan in a sweep. Uh, they're pissed. They're going to come out swinging. Um, Napier, the goalie for um, Ohio State, has looked a bit bit sus at some points. He's looked a bit nervy, um, especially um, when you saw the Spartans play him uh, early in the season. So I really think that that high potent Michigan offense, and along with Strassman figuring it out, they'll, they'll sweep. All right. Now, not getting ahead of myself, move on. 
uh, Notre Dame travels to Minnesota to, uh, to take on Minnesota on the big rink. Uh, I have Minnesota to sweep. I know I said I wouldn't pick against them until they gave me a reason, but despite them losing last week, I didn't see enough of a reason. They still sweep. Give me the Golden Gopher sweep and hopefully two points, baby. Yeah, I've also got the Gopher sweeping. Uh, yeah, there's not really still that much reason to pick against Minnesota. They still look like a very, very good team. Um, and I th there's a difference between Wisconsin, the team they lost to, uh, and Notre Dame. And I still think it's Minnesota all the way. Yeah, um, no surprises here. Minnesota in a sweep. Gophers are going to take this one. Notre Dame has been unpredictable this year, but they're going to be predictable this week and just absolutely tank against Minnesota. Easy enough. Uh, moving on to our last Big Ten series of, of the week. Uh, Arizona State travels to Madison to take on Wisconsin. Uh, every time I, it, uh, I check some Big Ten scores and stuff of other, of other games, it seems like Arizona State has split a series, so – I'm going to keep going. I know I'm wrong, and I know, I know Arizona State probably hasn't split every series, but it seems like they have. So I'm going to go with the trends. I'm going to go with split. I'm going to go with Wisconsin here. I didn't, I didn't think they were as good of a team as they were. Obviously, they have a lot of high-tier talent. But uh, they showed against Minnesota they can compete at a high level. So I think they're going to carry that little momentum they got from the first game of that Minnesota series where they – took down the undefeated um, the undefeated Minnesota Golden Gophers, and they're going to turn it into a sweep here. I wouldn't go that far. I've got a split. Because um, if you look at it, remember the, the Sun Devils and the Badgers have already played once this year in a series, and Arizona State swept. Um, I still think these teams match up fairly well. Uh, and, and Arizona State obviously – knows what to do in order to win. But I think Wisconsin is still the better team talent-wise and the better team on paper. So I've, I've got to split. See, it's a new year, and I believe it's a different series this time uh, between the Sun Devils and the uh, those Badgers out of Wisconsin. Um, I've got Wissy in a sweep, um, not going to lie. I solely picked this because two points on the behind the mask pick'em is a lot better than one, and so I'm just trying to dig myself a hole here that hopefully I can climb out of, but one that Ryan cannot, as he is three points behind me. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, okay, but no, um, I think that Wisconsin should be able to at least put a little bit more energy behind their shots and put a couple more goals in there. Um, than Arizona State did. You see in that first series, they had a nice 8-5 to five loss and then a nice 3-1 loss. I think they'll even it out, and I think their defense will finally get something going. And they, I look to see Wisconsin in a sweep. See, you're talking about uh, two points better than one, but at the same time, one point's better than zero. True. Uh, you're going out on a limb here. He's got a point here. He's got a good point. That's my that's my philosophy. Always don't overthink things. Don't try and go for the uh, the full sweep. Just gonna just for the sake of points. Always go put things right. That's my uh, that's my advice from the winner or the leader. Yeah, we we can disagree with them, but yeah, he's in the lead of points. We gotta listen to him. 
Exactly. Uh, Respect. And then I believe, yeah, so right now it is 5.39 p.m., which means I believe the Penguins and Flyers just dropped the puck on this new NHL season. So we're doing a little special edition of uh, the Pickums right now. Uh, we're picking three NHL games that are occurring tonight. So, yeah, uh, each one, is, it's, it's just picking a singular game. You can get one point out of it. You can get zero. So Blackhawks Lightning. Uh, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. They're raising a banner tonight. They're not losing. That was that was a like oh beautiful segue, beautiful segue. Had it got got to say, but uh, yeah, I'm picking Tampa. There's no way you could pick the Blackhawks in this. I have some personal bias against the Blackhawks. We've been I've been over this before, but um, yeah, it's Tampa. They're easily the better team. Blackhawks are very much trending downward. I don't know how you don't pick the Lightning to win this game. As a Stars fan, it pains me to pick the Lightning, but as a person with common sense, at least I would like to think I have some, I am picking the Lightning. You know, Tampa across the board. All right, uh, now we go to one that hits close to Jacob's heart. Uh, Blues uh, open the season against the Avalanche, who, by the way, I'm going to say on record now, Avalanche are my preseason NFC Stanley Cup prediction. Uh, uh, yeah, they're who I predicted won the Cup this year. So, obviously, I'm picking them to win over the Blues because the, uh, St. Louis is a baseball city and nothing more. Ooh, wow. <laughs> to, to hit the... We're not a football city anymore, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Rip your team. But um, uh, it's, it's, it is what it is. It, I'll take the hate. I'll, t- I'll accept the hate. Um, and that's why I'm picking the Blues tonight. You know, I, I'm surprised you guys are counting, counting the Blues out. Uh, but there's a lot of... I, I get the appeal of picking Colorado. It's a sexy pick. Nathan McKinnon, Nicole Rantanen, a lot of good players on that team. Very good offense. But the only issue, the thing is, the Blues are still a very good team. Keep in mind, they're only a season removed from winning the Stanley Cup. They're st- still a very good coach, still a very good defensive team in place. And the additions that they made, keep in mind, they did lose Alex Petrangelo, very good player. But we also replaced him with Tory Krug, who's no slouch on his own. Um, but a but a stat that I found that I th- uh, kind of want to go off of that I think also helps a lot. Blues had the third best power play in the NHL last year. This offseason they went and added Tory Krug and Mike Hoffman, just to bolster that power play even more. I like the Blues. I'm just saying. I think people are underrating them. You know what? I really like that analysis you gave, and I'm. This close to changing my pick, but I'm not. Colorado's going to win. Go, Colorado. That's my pick. You can't say that in that jersey. <laughs> You're not supposed to let them know I'm, I'm wearing a Larkin jersey right now. You're not supposed to tell them that. Yeah, you right. I guess I'll go and finish this off. Um, again, Stars fan. Hey, you know what's great. Um, Colorado's going to win this game. Um the Blues, there, there's just a couple question marks from me. Um, like, how do you lose the, the Canucks last year? But um, I know Jacob's probably not wanting to hear that right now. No, trust me, I have the exact same questions. Hey, it's okay. At least you didn't lose to a guy named Thatcher Demko. Okay. You, they, they still had Markstrom in that. Had to look that up right before I said that. But, yeah, Colorado, uh, really good team, really high-scoring offense. Um, the Blues, just too many questions for me. And then Colorado, you know, some of those guys still believe that they're actually playing on a lake um, in a couple of weeks when they're actually playing on the 18th fairway. So 
they'll ride some of that energy in. All right, and we'll wrap up the week with Canucks vs. Oilers, a Canadian matchup. Uh, I am wearing a Connor McDavid jersey as we speak. I'm not betting against the best player on the planet, so give me the Oilers. Although Vancouver has lost a lot in uh, Markstrom, Toffoli, Stetcher, and probably like three more I'm forgetting, I'm picking them just because why the heck not? And I need a point, so go Canucks. I've got the Oilers um, for the same reason as Hattie. It's Connor McDavid. It's Leon Dreisaitl. Like, it's hard to not pick against them. Plus, at the same time, um, I still – like Cam mentioned, uh, I still have uh, a little bit of a beef with the with the Vancouver Canucks. I still have not forgiven them for last year, so I've got the Oilers. I am picking Edmonton because, if I remember correctly, Louis Erickson is still on the Canucks roster. How? I have no clue. I remember him being traded to Boston, and then he dropped off the face of the earth for me until I found out he is now a, he was a Vancouver Canuck. Yeah, his contract. But yeah, um, given the fact that they literally have Louis Erickson on their roster, um, it's Edmonton, and there's no doubt about it. So have fun losing a point, Ryan. We shall see. Yeah, it's probably going to happen, and whatever. <laughs> Simple enough. Uh, circling back to the Big Ten, Michigan State uh, travels to Penn State. And they, uh, they play Penn State this weekend, Friday and Saturday night. Uh, it's in Happy Valley, so we are, we are not able to travel to it. However, we will have some live broadcasts. Uh, we'll update on Twitter. But game one should be our own Jacob and Cam. And then Saturday, we're going to do Cam and someone else from Impact. So we'll keep everyone updated on that. Busy weekend for Cam and Jacob. Uh, Ryan and I will just be watching, making our notes to come back here. Uh, but for all of us behind the mask, uh, I'm Kyle Hattie. Thank you for listening.